Welcome back. So I wanted to break this probability uh, segment into into several podcasts, so it's not too overwhelming and the podcasts aren't too long. Um, so uh, part one, hopefully you've already seen, I'm going to dive into probability notes part two. Here we go. Uh, so there's a lot of vocabulary coupled with the math, which is which is lovely, right? So uh, two events are disjoint if they have no outcomes in common, right? So disjoint, that word's gonna pop up a lot. Another name for disjoint events is mutually exclusive events. So oftentimes we'll be asked, we'll have to ask ourselves, are these events mutually exclusive? You know, if so, the way we tackle finding the probability may be different than if they were not mutually exclusive. So we often draw pictures of events using Venn diagrams. If it's been a while since you've made a Venn diagram, don't worry, we're gonna practice. <laughs> um, these pictures represent events as circles and in, enclosed in a rectangle. The rectangle represents the sample space and each circle represents an event. So let's practice here. I'm gonna zoom this a little bit. Let's say event A is you draw a queen out of a 52 card deck. And event B is you draw an ace, you select it, you select an ace uh, out of a 52 card deck. Uh, draw a Venn diagram to show events A or B. Um, what about A and B? What can we say about it? So let me scratch that out. Okay, so off on the side here, I'm just gonna draw a rectangle representing the entire sample space, right? Here's the event that I select a queen out of a standard deck of cards. Here's the event that I select an ace, but note to self, circles don't touch, right? Because those are considered disjoint events. Uh, we looked at a deck of cards and if you need to Google images, a, a 52 card deck, um, those are disjoint events. The circles don't touch on your Venn. Furthermore, if we wanted to find the probability of event A or B, finding the probability of selecting a queen or an ace, okay, we would use this addition rule uh, for disjoint events. I'm just gonna translate it for you. So the probability of event E or F is the probability of event E plus, plus the probability of event F. But even if you went off of gun, gut instinct, you would think the probability of selecting a queen uh, plus the probability of selecting an ace, we'll call that event B. Just gonna write here, queen, ace. You would sort of instinctively think that you would have a four out of 52 chance of selecting a queen and that you would have a four out of 52 chance of selecting an ace. And instinctively, hopefully, you would think the answer would be eight out of 52. And that's all these, these probability laws do is they, they take your instinct <laughs> and they map it out symbolically because, you know, so if you're using the classical definition of probability, which is counting the number of successes divided by the total possible outcomes, you would think, well, gee, there's, you know, there's four queens and there's four aces. Four plus four is eight. So you got an eight out of 52 chance, right? And you could, you know, I'm, I know you could all convert that to a decimal and in turn a percent. I'm not worried about that. But so that kicks off our um, addition rule for disjoint events. Okay, now let's um, take that a step further. And you say, logically, you say, well, what if they're not disjoint events, right? What if the circles overlap on the Venn diagram? 
uh, then we have the general addition rule, which says in general for any two events, A and B, or in this case, they're using E and F, um, the probability of E or F, and by the way, or, you know, sometimes you're going to see that union symbol. So if, if you see that popping up, the U instead of the blatant word or, is so the probability of E or F is equal to the probability of event E plus the probability of event F minus the intersection. So remember that and symbolically is that intersection symbol. Okay, so um, let's take a look. Suppose a pair of dice are thrown. And this, when I copied this over from PDF, it got a little funky with the font here, but what it said was let event E be the first die as a two. And let event F be the sum of the dice the, you know, the sum of the dice uh, is less than or equal to five. And then it says, find the probability of event E or F happening. Well, I'm just going to kind of think about it this way. So let's say you roll two, uh, let's say you roll two dice. First, I want to look at this statement here, that the first die comes up as a two. Well, luckily, Luckily, they have this sort of mapped out visually for us so we can physically see it, right? So that the first die is a two. Okay, well, that's one, two, three, four, five, six. There's six ways for that to happen, that the first die is a two. Um, out of the whole sample space, so you've got a six, which is 36 total possibilities. So you've got a thick six out of 36 chance um, that your first, I'll mental map that out, probability that the first die is a two. That's six out of 36. Then I'll grab a, a highlighter here. What about the probability that the sum of the two dice is less than or equal to five? So I look at, you know, all the cases where the sum is less than or equal to five. So that's here, here, here. Um, two plus two is four. So that's here, here here and it said less than or equal to five so that means i can include sums of five right so here 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 and here right so if i just count up all those possibilities one two three four five six seven eight nine ten aha that's where they're getting that 10 out of 36 right so initially you might say well there's a six out of 36 chance of that the first die is a two and there's a 10 out of 36 chance that um, you got a sum of less than or equal to five. So you would think the answer might be 16 out of 36 at first, but then you're noticing that you have, those are not disjoint events, right? Um, so that you counted certain things twice and you have to account for that. Um, so, you know, here the first die was a two and, you know, we counted that. And here the first die was a two, and we counted that. And here the first die was a two, and we counted that. Or up, oh, sorry, I misspoke there. <laughs> Let me highlight that again. Here the first die was a two, and we counted it. Here the first die was, and and so we colored it in yellow, right? And here the first die was a two. So in other words, there were three case scenarios that we counted twice in essence. So we have to subtract out that overlap. So you're actually utilizing that rule where. Um, those 
in that Venn diagram, those would not be disjoint events. So if I label those events, right, the circles would touch. So if I have the event that the first die is a two, and I always think to, you know, kind of list how many elements are, are in that circle. Um, so one, two, three, so there's like six elements in that entire circle. Um, how many elements are, you know, in this, where the, in this case scenario, where the sum of the dice is less than or equal to five, Well, we there were 10 elements in that entire circle right but the circles over there were some things that we counted twice right <laughs> so there were three elements or three case scenarios that sort of lived in both right um so those circles those uh, those event a and event b so note to self in this case um or they're sorry they're claiming it as event e and f <laughs> e and f so in those case um events, so I'll relabel my Venn here just so I'm sticking with the author, uh, just because they're calling it, they're calling it events E and F, right? So in that case, events E and F are not disjoint, are not mutually exclusive events. So I'm just practicing using that language. Those are not disjoint events. Those are not mutually exclusive events. Uh, they have some outcomes in common as a way to say that. Okay, um, so that final answer there, or now you've seen it. <laughs> so the final answer would be 13 out of 36. All right, now we're going to practice the complement rule. And the complement rule is something that you know just from everyday living, right? When you look at your iPhone and it says there's a 40% chance of rain at three o'clock. Well, if there's a 40% chance of rain, then there's a 60% chance that it doesn't rain, right? So event E and event E complement. So um, we do that sort of instinctively. Sorry, having a computer issue there. <laughs> um, so I'm going to read the complement rule for starters. It says the complement of an event let S denote the sample space of a probability experiment and E denote the event and E complement is basically everything outside of event E, E not happening, right? So I like to translate it like this. E complement means not E, E not happening. Um, so one minus the probability of an event happening is equal to the probability that it does not happen and vice versa one minus the probability of something happening is equal to the probability that it does not happen. So just everyday living, one minus the probability that it rains is equal to the probability that it does not rain, right? Um, so in terms of Venn diagram, if this is event E, then everything outside of event E is an E complement. Um, so let's just practice one together here. It says, according to, uh, according to the American Vet Medical Association, 31.6% of American households own a dog. What is the probability that a randomly selected household does not own a dog? So just to practice that translating, one minus the probability that something, uh, the probability that someone does not own a dog is equal to one minus the probability that they own a dog, right? Just linguistically. 
So if you have a 31.6% chance of owning a dog, then you have a one minus 0.316 of the decimal. So you have a really close to it, you know, you have a 68.4% chance um, of not owning a dog, right? Um, so just to kind of, you know, spin that one more time. If there's a 90% chance it rains at 3 p.m., then there's a 10% chance it doesn't. So we're using that complement rule instinctively. Then there's a 10% chance it doesn't. Because, and we just, you know, sidebar, because, you know, one minus 0.90 is equal to 0.10, right? So one minus the chance that it rains is equal to the chance that it does not rain. So that we do that instinctively. So I would say don't overthink the complement rule. Let me just say it in words. So if there's a 99.5% chance that the pregnancy test is right, then there's a slim chance that it's wrong, right? There's one minus 0.995, you know, or let's say the chance that you have a particular disease is 0.005. Then the chance that you do not have that disease or that characteristic is a one minus 0.995. So we tend to do that naturally, instinctively. Um, now the next segment, I wanted to keep this podcast pretty small. So I'm going to pause it right there. And the notes part three will be on the next video. Best of luck.